Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network and the 36th episode of Greens with Envy, the first in this, the year 2022. We wrap up the year that was, we look ahead to the year that, who knows what's going to happen this year. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, joined as always by my friend and colleague, Editor-in-Chief Guy Cipriano. And today we have a bit of a just a a look back at Guy's final trip in 2021 and a few mentions about what we have in store in the next few weeks. Guy, welcome back to the podcast. It feels like you were just here because you were, but it was for Beyond the Page. That means you were just here too, Matt. That's right. Our back page columnist, America's Greenkeeper, Matthew Wharton, regarding that Beyond the Page podcast, sent me a text after it dropped. He said, how can we go beyond the page when the pages themselves haven't come out. I said, it's mind-blowing, and then he had the mind-blowing emoji. Anyway, we're going to talk today a little bit about Arizona. And, Guy, you spent the last, I think, couple of weeks of 2021 in Arizona, a much-deserved vacation. You went with your uh, your bride, L-Dog. You've now been married for four months. Congratulations. You played some great courses. We're going to just touch on those and... Absolutely. Before we wrap this podcast up, I want to hear that one great sunset story, which you texted me, but I don't know who else has heard it, who else you've shared it with. I don't know if it was a deserved vacation. I mean, I like working and we were in a good flow, but at the time, and I would recommend this to any listener, if you have the time, try to take as much of it as you can. Right, Matt? And Yeah. If you have vacation days and they don't roll over, take them. They're included as part of your benefits package. Yeah, if you take one thing from the podcast, it's to use your vacation days. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we're on a July 1st to June 30th cycle, so it's not like we had to use them at the end of the year here, right? Well, we aren't, no, but I'm saying just in general, take your vacation days. Yeah, you, I'm just saying, though. anybody. So, yeah, I guess uh, my wife and I went to Arizona, well, I don't guess we went to Arizona. I know we went to Arizona because we experienced it. And uh, one of the nice things about our job, Matt, is that we can do it from anywhere. So the, mm-hmm. the computer was there, and we could still do the things that we had to do, although the company did give us some time off around the holidays, which was really nice. And hopefully not too many people spent time on their, their computer. But anyway, it was uh, more of a hiking outdoors trip. My wife and I don't have any children, so we're able to do these things uh, you know, three or four times a year for different time spans. And it's nice because you can, like I said, bring the computer and not really miss work and still have an idea what's going on. And you know, the golf, the, the trip wasn't for golf purposes, although I brought my clubs. My wife is just getting into the game. She played twice in Northeast Ohio uh, in the fall of 2021. And she's, I would say, intrigued, interested. And she said, why don't we play some golf in Arizona? So I, I brought my clubs and we played once in Tucson and once in Scottsdale at two incredibly fun courses that were perfect for her. I mean, she's a beginner in every sense of of the word. Uh, She jokes that she's a pro, but no, she's a a beginner. (laughs) We'll see if she's listening to this one. Uh, If you remember two greens with envies ago, she was listening and made me apologize on our last greens with envy. So who knows if she'll tune into this one or not, but anyway, we, well, if she is listening, this will be the, it'll be a running gag of sorts i think in 2022 where we say we need to get Lindsay on we need to get l dog on and and someday we will 
anyway, uh, late December, early January, I mean, Arizona is a great place to be, right? And that's where the snowbirds go. Although, as we mentioned, I think I mentioned this in the Mississippi podcast, is that uh, what one superintendent there told me is that we no longer have snowbirds, we have birds, people that basically spend all their time in a, in, in a warm weather place where maybe before it was only three or four months or half <laughs> the year. And uh, Arizona, I mean, things were really uh, popping uh, everywhere, but especially on the golf courses. It was kind of cool in Tucson. The condo we stayed in was at Ventania Canyon, which is a 36-hole facility. And I didn't play that course, and all I did was walk one hole one morning when I probably shouldn't have been, but our condo was literally around the 16th hole of the Canyon course. So I figured I'd go out and take a few sunset pictures that I didn't do anything with. But in Tucson, we played a course called rolling Hills. And you got to remember when you're with a beginner, you got to pick the course that best fits the beginner. It's not about your golf game. It's about this person that you're introducing to the game, uh, creating a love and a passion for the game that they want to keep back. So I, I scouted some courses in Tucson. This is the one that made the most sense for us and where she's at with her game. It's called Rolling Hills Golf Club. It is in the city of Tucson limits. It's in a neighborhood. It's kind of cool. There's there's a school nearby, and there's a street that intersects the course, and some of the holes are on one side. And we played a nine-hole afternoon round, and it was absolutely lovely on this executive course. Uh, We get to the pro shop and the gentleman working there could not have been friendlier which is a great sign when you have a new mm-hmm. golfer with with you and I, I mentioned to him that my wife's a beginner do you have any clubs you know i had my own set with me they flew with me do you have anything and he went to a closet there and got a set of clubs for her to use we got two pool carts uh we walked nine holes and it was awesome and i knew the two times we played in ohio in fall of 2021 the courses weren't crowded they were on gloomy weather days so this was the first time taking her as a beginner onto golf courses that basically had every every tee time booked and it it was uh so I was wondering how she would handle having people behind her and you know how we would handle that as she's learning the learning the game and you know she she maybe only hits the ball you know 30 to 50 yards which is perfectly fine and luckily the turf in Arizona was really firm this time of year so she was getting the roll and I knew it was going to be a good experience at Rolling Hills when the gentleman in the pro shop whose name I didn't get was just super friendly and then we go to the first tee and there was a sign, Rolling Hills Golf Club, course rules, come relaxed, dot, 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 leave happy. That's rule number one. Rule number two, you'll remember your friends more than your scores. Mm-hmm. Rule three, play often, dot, 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 laugh more. Rule four, play the tees that make you the happiest. And five, it's more fun when you're not the only one having it. So I told my wife, hey, look at this sign. And she, she read it. And I think that that really helped her gain a comfort level out there. Although she's not the type of person that really shows much trepidation or fear about everything. She's a person that will, will, when her body's functioning well, she's got some back issues. She'll try anything and everything. And she doesn't really give a, you know what about what other people think of her. And that's one of the many reasons that, that I love her. So it was just an enjoyable afternoon round before it. We went to Dutch bros. You know what Dutch bros is? You have brought up Dutch bros for folks who don't know. Dutch bros is a a coffee chain and you, didn't you try to buy stock in them? Oh, I bought stock. You in did them. buy stock. So in them. when I was in Southern Oregon in the fall, we kept on stopping at these coffee places called Dutch Bros, and they were awesome because it was uh, really the the employees could not have been any friendlier. They're playing music. You drive up, you can't go in. 
They walk up to your car, and before they even ask you what they want, what you want, it's like, "How's your day going? What are you up to? Where you're headed to?" And you all, you have a conversation with 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 the. Usually, it's a young woman or man, and, it, and then you pull up, and they're they're playing music and singing inside. I'm like, "Man, this is a pretty fun place." So when we we're out in Southern Oregon, I started researching more about it, and it happened to be the the day that we left Southern Oregon. It became a publicly traded company. Uh, had the IPO process, and yeah, I actually ended up buying stock a week later. It's doing okay. <laughs> we don't need to go into my investment here, but the reason I bought stock in it is because the positive interactions that we had with the employees that worked there. You know, so greens, was, greens with Envy could work for uh, your portfolio doing really well and everybody else not liking you because of it. Yeah. Greens with Envy could mean multiple things. Who knows? So anyway, we got some Dutch bros, brought it to, to uh, Rolling Hills, or had it before we showed up at Rolling Hills, so we're amped up on caffeine, feeling good, met some cool Dutch Bros employees, and it was just a great afternoon with my wife, and first time that she used a push cart, because when we played the two times in Ohio, she used my, my clubs, which are obviously way too big for her, and you know, we got done, and the gentleman working in the pro shop asked how was it, smiled, uh, well, we returned the clubs, and I, I, I think she had a really cool afternoon. There were her first force carries over water that she had to deal with there, and we kind of juxtaposed where she was hitting off those tees to, to sort of avoid that. And it was just a bouncy course. Uh, you know, I, I haven't even been able to find the superintendent's name and I, I forgot <laughs> to ask after the round. So if anyone knows him, let him know that he does a tremendous job with that golf course. And, you know, behind us was a, a man playing with his daughter who was probably like five or six years old and she was hitting shots. So I think Lindsay saw that and made her feel more comfortable. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, really struggling. So I think she, uh, laughed at the fact that I was hitting some shots that were a bit wayward, and I got the oh, you you play this a lot. I doesn't, I couldn't really tell that by how you're doing today. I almost hit a shot in a guy's backyard. She went into a bunker for the first time, which uh, she called a pit. She, I never really explained to her what bunkers were, so she went to a what she called a pit and was trying to figure out how to get out of it. So I had to, you know, run across the fairway to explain to her what. Didn't it was. she at one point ask you if she could throw it out of the bunker? I said, "Sure, you can. You're a beginner. We don't, we don't really need to." <laughs> do this shot if we don't have to. So uh, Rolling Hills Golf Club in Tucson, Arizona is an example of a inclusive, fun-to-play facility that it's doing the right things. It seems really well-managed, had a great website, great social media presence, unbelievably friendly people to work there. I think the course was around 4,000 yards, had a driving range, had a restaurant, and that's the those are the type of facilities that help people like my wife, hopefully, develop a passion for the game and want to mm -hmm. come back more. So speaking of coming back more, we then went to Scottsdale and Phoenix and played what I consider one of the most glorious golf courses I've ever stepped foot on. And I had a chance to write about this course. I think it was in 2019, three years ago. It was a cover story. In mm, our 18, 18. Yeah, uh, no, 19, 19, 19. It was the cover story in our May of 2019 issue called Mountain Shadows. Uh, the short course in, in Paradise Valley, uh, 18 holes, all par threes, unbelievable setting right at the base of Camelback Mountain. If you know anything about Paradise Valley, Arizona, it's, well, paradise. You just see some mm -hmm. of the homes around there and how nice the town is, and you look at some of the economic statistics, and you're like, wow. So what Mountain Shadows is, it is a high-end resort-style Par three course, Mountain Shadows is a, a resort. It's one of the legendary resorts in the in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. And the golf course went through a renovation a few years ago, where f our friend Forrest Richardson, who's been on Tartan Talks a number of times, uh, had a chance to modernize the work of his mentor, 
Arthur Jack Snyder and Force just did an unbelievable job with it. Ron Proch is the superintendent, and the conditions there are what you would expect from a high-end golf course. In fact, the uh, just to give you a sense, the, the the weekday green fee. So this is peak season. We paid eighty-six dollars each, and then uh, we got push carts, and Lindsay got to use Ping Ladies Clubs as her rental set. So I tried to explain to her how much those golf courses would or those clubs would cost if we bought those, but well, because. She asked you, can we just take these home? Yeah. Like the rental clubs. It's it, 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 rental, but then if you like them, you can, you can take them. No, it doesn't work. The $40, dollar rental, no. $40 around rental clubs. Yeah. So yeah, Mountain exactly. Shadows is the complete high-end experience, but yeah. it's worth every dollar of it in my mind. And this is fascinating because we get to the first tee, and the course was so crowded, 10-minute tee time intervals, and you could tell that this course has been a big hit since it – reopen fall in the renovation i mean the tee boxes are filled with divots and you can tell it's getting a ton of play and you, you feel bad for ron and his crew because no matter what they do there's no way that you can handle that daily assault on the golf course of people playing it and golf is ultimately a business and you can't really limit play too much especially in the peak season in arizona because that's when, when you make your money right so it's it's all business related and you can tell that mountain shadows is booming just by the divots on the tee, tee boxes so we get to the first tee and uh we get paired with somebody, and I was like, oh, boy, how is my wife going to handle you know, playing golf at this type of course for the first time with a stranger? But the gentleman that we got paired with was in his 30s. Actually, he was a pandemic golfer, picked up golf hmm. during the pandemic. And from what he told me, he's played every single top 100 public golf course already, even though he's been playing golf for two years. In and two he's years. Been, he's from Chicago, but he'd been hanging out in Phoenix and Scottsdale basically for two years. He was close to getting back to Chicago. Couldn't be any cooler. I explained to him the situation that my wife was a very raw beginner and you know she's still learning the game and this is her first time in a course like this. And he was as cool as he could be. I was w- worried about people pressuring us because there, there were tea times after ours and everybody was trying to fit in their 18 holes that they paid $86 for before darkness. But it was an unbelievable experience getting to play there with the sun setting over Camelback and Mummy Mountains. Uh, you know, my, my wife was having a blast. She even made some bogeys on some holes, uh, hit, hit a ball into the pits again. and The pits. Whatever she calls them. And, in fact, it was really cool because on the back nine, I believe it was the 14th hole, it was like a 120-yard hole. She, she hit her tee shot maybe 60 yards. And for her second shot, she to try to get to the green, she had to carry it over a bunker. And I said, maybe you should play around this. She's like, no, I can do this. And lo and behold, she hit the ball over the – the bunker and had her, her first, uh, you know, shot where she really had to carry a bunker and she <laughs> did it. So, uh, mountain shadows did a great job of making people like her feel comfortable. Uh, just a, a laid back vibe. And Matt, I think anyone that listens to us knows how much we love short courses. I think so. And I would say the two most epic short courses I've seen are mountain shadows. And then one that we've talked about frequently, the Palm beach part three on the other side of the country. So yeah. these, these short courses are just perfect for everybody uh they take less land i mean you look at irrigated turf and land usage in a desert environment like paradise valley arizona uh, basically it's uh you know decomposed granite from t to about approach so the t's approaches and greens are the only thing that are irrigated turf and uh the the ball bounces and you know you talk about reducing golf's footprint and still providing a high quality experience that's a place like mountain shadows and i was trying to explain those things to my wife is, we went along like, hey, this is why th- this facility costs this. And it was, we got done. We got off the 18th hole. Oh, we, we hugged, embraced. I was so um, 
happy that she finished her first 18-hole round. I think it took us a little under three hours, maybe two hours and 45 minutes right. to play it. Not and too bad. It was uh, honestly one of the greatest dates I went on in my life. You have been married for four months now. You've been together for what, almost a little bit more than three years. Is that right? Almost four years now. Almost four years. Our first date was in 2018. Okay, so how, I, I don't know, what, what were your emotions? I, I want to ask how proud were you, but that doesn't seem like the right question to ask. What, what emotions were you feeling as you were watching your wife play her first 18-hole round of golf? I mean, it was awesome to see her enjoy it and experience a course of that level and I had to explain to her that there are people that play their entire lives and might not have an opportunity to play a golf course like Mountain Shadows. It's that special of a place. And then when we got to that evening, it, the emotions turned to anger because we had one day left in uh, Phoenix Scottsdale, and I asked her if she wanted to spend the last day playing golf too, and she said, no, we probably should go back to hiking. I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, hopefully when the weather turns here in Northeast Ohio, she wants to, to play, and you know, she's got some back issues that she's fighting, and we don't know from one day to, to the next how her back is going to feel. So that's kind of tough when you introduce somebody to the game. But uh, I keep on asking her if she wants her own set of clubs, and she says, not yet, not yet, not yet. And I'm not going to be the type of person that pushes it on her, nor could you push anything on her because she's such a free-spirited, independent person. So it's just awesome to go out there and play a game that you love in an industry that you love working in and sharing it with someone special in your life. And I'm trying to do it in the right way. I haven't given her any swing advice. I do have to tell her to rake the pits. Yeah. And the pits. you know, she, she was, uh, when we were playing with the gentleman, we didn't know at mountain shadows, she would come up and talk to me while he was hitting, but he didn't, he, he didn't care. But I said, you know, you're always should be cautious around people you don't know because somebody may care about that down the road, but she's starting to learn the, uh, the etiquette of the game. And we've taught her how to repair ball marks and, fixed divots and that type of thing. And uh, I really think that she's uh, seeing some value in being out there. Excellent. Before you left Arizona, and I think this was actually in the middle of your trip, but you texted me this wonderful sunset story and leave it to you to always run in to golf people. But you, you seem to run into golf people wherever you go. This shows you how... I guess small this industry could be, although in Arizona there's so much golf and golf is such a big economic driver and so many people are there to either play golf or work on a golf course that you shouldn't be too surprised when you run into, especially in the population centers, Phoenix, Scottsdale, and, and Tucson. But anyway, this was the day after we played at Rolling Hills. We spent an entire day at a wonderful state park in Oro Valley, which is a just growing area north of Tucson called Catalina State Park, uh, hike day a pretty intense trail in the morning. And then at sunset, we were looking for a good place to, to watch it and ended up on this trail called the Romero Runes Trail. Uh, it was a, a loop trail. You look at some old archaeological digs. And then, you know, right as the sun was going down, I said, Lindsay, this is where we're going to watch it. We found some swarrows, great view of it. And as we were sitting there taking pictures, uh, two gentlemen come up and start taking pictures too. And we got to talking to them. Well, it turns out that the... Uh, no, I'd say one was one was a father, one was a son. The father was telling us his story, and so was the son. Well, basically, they emigrated from South Africa to the United States in the early 2000s, ended up in Tucson through some family connection, and the father needed a job and ended up landing a job at the on the maintenance crew at the Elk 
Conquistador, which is now a 27-pole facility mm-hmm. that's owned by the city of Oro Valley now, I believe. And he's worked there the entire time. He's been in the United States, and now he's a crew foreman. He was telling us his story and you know, his experiences working on the golf course, and we started talking turf, and uh, yeah, I ended up telling him what I did for a living, and I wasn't sure if he was familiar with the magazine or not. Gave him my business card, and the son also at one point worked on the golf course with him. His son now has his own uh, photography business and just taking pictures of this amazing sunset with people that work in the golf industry. And it, it's an amazing story that uh, they came over here from South Africa, uh, found jobs at a golf course that they liked, and they've just made a great life for themselves in the Tucson area. And um, they still have a, pa- uh, yeah, the father has a passion for working on the course. And you know, the son did leave the golf business, but he, he worked at the course for a while with his father. And, you know, isn't that kind of what it's all about? People, find a job or something they like do or like to do or they find an opportunity in the United States and make the most of it and make a better life for themselves and that's exactly what happened here but uh you know my wife's like how is everything always golf in our lives or your life I said it's just kind of the way it is when you she's get, not wrong though when you get entrenched in an industry and you sort of know where to look for things and where to find the people that work on a golf course and you can kind of tell when you're hiking people have club logos sometimes you were looking at the sunset though you weren't out there looking for golf golf no. found you yeah maybe maybe that should yeah. be the title of my autobiography golf, golf found, found me. me yeah bye guys anyway enough of a rant there but yeah arizona's booming uh courses are packed uh like i said whether they're snowbirds or birds now they're all over the place you could definitely see the wear on the golf courses from all uh, you think about it now mm-hmm COVID-19 started in March of 2020. We're here in, what, January of 2022 now right. recording this 20, podcast? Two months later. So yep. it's been almost two years. Arizona never shut down golf. A lot of the people that come to Arizona, especially during the winter, come from cool weather states. You know, some of them probably yet haven't left Arizona in two years. And the courses went from getting a certain amount of usage and with no warning or no notice, that usage just increased rapidly. And you can see that it's taken its effect on golf courses, and I don't want to spoil too much, but we're going to have a, a story in an upcoming issue about about this. And it, it, it's happened all over the country, but I would say it's been especially acute, the, the, the wear on golf courses in those warm weather environments where continual year-round play has been happening at nearer record levels now for, for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that Arizona trip is officially the first trip that we talked about on greens with envy in the year 2022 but it wraps up 2021 travels and and that sunset story i think is a great way to end the 2021 conversation i'm looking forward to seeing where we wind up this year where we see uh where we see uh where we go who we see who we talk with because that's what this podcast is all about it's uh basically just a, uh, an audio diary of great courses that we happen to see. And, and a lot of those are, you know, uh, private, a lot are public, a lot are municipal. It's, it's everything. And fortunately, Matt, people are going to be hearing less of me and more of you in some upcoming episodes. Why don't you tell your, our audience where you're headed next week? Well, obviously, in a few weeks, uh, a lot of people will be headed out to San Diego for the GCSAA conference and trade show, nay GIS, nay the national. Uh, that is fast approaching. But before that, I'm heading down to Savannah, Georgia, 
for the STMA conference and exhibition guy, you and I headed to the trade show for about one day in 2020. There was no live component last year and this year, obviously back in person in Savannah. Uh, I'll be on site. I'll be there for three full days. By the time this podcast drops, uh, the events will really have gotten underway. Starts on Monday, but the show itself starts on Tuesday. It, it should be a blast. Uh, I'm registered for the full show. I'll probably go into some education. I've got some meals planned. I've got some uh, some visits with some some friends and some hopefully new friends planned out. We might have a few podcasts from the show floor and, and around the show floor uh, with some great people on the other side of turf. And you know, we talked about this earlier today. You know, we've we've increased our sports turf coverage over the last year. We've had a few folks on off the course. There was a, a very good story to to report and write uh, that I handled in the magazine last year about what minor league baseball groundskeepers went through uh, when there was no baseball and, and when budgets were scaled way, way back. You know, it, it, it's all turf. It's just uh, some people handle a couple hundred acres and, and some people handle a couple acres. And a lot of the people on the golf side, I know, you know, you cheer for a college team or you cheer for a pro team. They, they play on turf, and that turf's maintained by somebody. A lot of golf uh, golf folks, a lot of turf pros have uh, have kids who play parks and rec sports, who play uh, in various leagues. Those are all on turf. That's maintained by somebody. So the interest is there. The synergy is there. And, and it's something, obviously, that you and I have been trying to bridge a little bit more the last few years is uh, bringing uh, the two parts of the industry a little closer together. And I, I think it's happening. I think it is happening a little bit. Matt, why don't you tell our listeners about your favorite team that plays on turf? Liverpool Football Club? <laughs> We're getting ready to close this episode, but yeah, Matt <laughs> is a big Liverpool fan, everybody. Well, it took me 37 years to get into football, and uh, uh, Ted Lasso was the gateway drug. And I actually, I think we, I think we actually now follow Liverpool's uh, uh, groundskeeper on, on Twitter. Um, but one of my my favorite folks over in England is not a football groundskeeper, although he probably would like to be, and, and that's Paul Larson, who was on the, the podcast last year. He is a West Ham supporter, and so uh, I text him about West Ham, and uh, it, it's quite fun. But uh, no, uh, Anfield, There's a, as we record this right now, there's a match going on in the semifinals of the League Cup at, at Anfield. Uh, Liverpool Arsenal. It was scoreless when we came in to record this, and, and hopefully I go back and I find Liverpool up one or two to nil. Well, enough of us, and let's get Matt back to his match. Our January issue is online right now, golfcourseindustry.com slash magazine. Check it out. It has a, gosh, what, two-story, 30-chart package, numbers to note, was called... Uh, State of the industry for many, many years. We have rebranded it this year, packed with lots and lots of great information. And we really focused this year on the finances, finances of the game and, and the cost of uh, cost of labor, the changing face of labor. Uh, so great, great package. Hope you get a lot out of it. Uh, Guy and I spent a lot of our Decembers on that package. Also, a quick tease, we have uh, normally four different monthly podcasts on the superintendent radio network this year though we are increasing to six obviously greens with envy where guy and i talk about courses we have visited people we've talked with etc etc 
There's Off the Course, where I talk with turf pros about literally anything that is not their job. Tartan Talks, which is now in its sixth year. Uh, Guy Talks with members of the ASGCA. There's Beyond the Page, where we talk about uh, stories and columns in the magazine. Wonderful Women of Golf with Rick Wolfel, I am so happy to say, and I think we've mentioned this before, is going to be monthly starting this month. It's now a monthly podcast, starting with Episode 7. Um, and that's a great episode with uh, Golf Channel analyst Karen Stuffles. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a brand new, to the Superintendent Radio Network, podcast starting in two days. We should, we should probably, should we tell people or should we just, should it be a surprise? Nope. We'll just keep grinding through the podcast okay. that we right. have. Well, Thursday morning, uh, if you s- follow Superintendent Radio Network on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, if you already subscribe, there will be a bonus podcast that will come up in your feed. If not, uh, check that out. Give it a follow. Give us a rating if you, if you like. Uh, you can you can rate on Spotify now too, which is very exciting. Um, but do know there will be another podcast in the feed on Thursday, bright and early. I guess we'll uh, we'll rise and grind and, and get through it. Um, yeah, should be should be a lot of fun, uh, and we're we're very happy to add uh, wonderful women of golf and the hmm, still mystery podcast uh, to the full slate of the Superintendent Radio Network in 2022. For Guy Cipriano and everybody else on the Golf Course Industry team, I am Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of the magazine. Thank you so much, as always, for listening, and here's to a great, great 2022 for our podcasts and for everybody in the industry. This should be another banner year.